Following Jesus isn't always easy, but it's not complicated. Our goal on the podcast is to make real life simple. So is there a need to make the Super Bowl simple? Is there a reason you should care about the game this coming weekend, especially if your team isn't in it? Well, let me try to convince you. Welcome to the Rusty George Podcast. Well, I'm joined here with Brad. Brad, welcome. It's good to have you as always. Thank you, Rusty. Always a pleasure. Brad, uh, the Super Bowl is coming up this weekend, and I know that, uh, you know, even though our teams may not be in it, yeah, no. um, and truthfully, at the time we're recording this, we don't know who is in it, but we do know it will be a big game. Yeah. So tell me why anybody should be concerned or care about the Super Bowl. Well, let's just start with this. Do you care about the Super Bowl? Uh, absolutely. I do care. I think Super Bowl is an amazing uh, holiday. I think it's a holiday. It should yes. be considered a holiday. Food, family. Um, one thing the Super Bowl does is it brings people together. So for me, uh, I think it's cool because I got a lot of females in my house and I would figure, you know, everybody or they wouldn't be as interested in the game as I am. But even if that's the case, we all enjoy watching the commercials. Mm-hmm. We enjoy eating food together. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, it's a big deal. You know, it's interesting. Um, when you look at, first of all, the people that watch TV is radically down as far as the TV ratings mm-hmm. because they don't really do ratings of Netflix shows and prime video shows and all that. So most of us are cable cutters and we're watching right. just on our, you know, um, uh, computers and uh, iPads and all that kind of thing. But when they track the amount of people that watch TV shows, you know, you got some number one shows out there like NCIS, mm-hmm. Big Brother, uh, Survivor, those kind of shows. The number one show on a weekly basis, you have a guess? Number one show on a weekly basis? Uh-huh, on a weekly basis. Oh, I haven't the slightest idea. The, the Mandalorian. <laughs> well, see, we don't track that. That's Disney+. Oh, right, Plus. right, okay. Right. Um, which Baby Yoda has taken the world by storm. Baby Yoda, that dude. Yes. Uh, my wife is actually begging us to watch The Mandalorian, though she does not care, but just so she can see Baby Yoda. You've got to watch it. Oh, I, I, we've watched three episodes. Okay. So, yeah, we're, we're loving it, but she's the one begging for it. So, anyway, uh, the number one show uh, every year is Sunday Night Football. Really? Not even Monday night football, Sunday night football, which usually runs about 20 million viewers. Okay. Which is pretty good. But according to NBC execs, they don't really make any money off that show. So all the advertising they spend on that um, doesn't really recoup the cost. Now, here's why I tell you all that. Last year, the Super Bowl was watched by 98.2 million people. Wow. So you got about a five times the amount of watchers. Obviously, it's a big game. It's the game. Why do you think people care about it that much? I think it's tradition. Yeah, I think it's tradition. I think it's the fact that um, it's a routine now. It's a habit. It's expected. You know, mm-hmm. I know it is for us. I think it's a it's it's about people coming together. I think we like to have reasons to hang out. You know, and I think the Super Bowl is a time where some of the most disconnected isolated people in your family who don't talk to others that much, you can actually have a chance that you can actually get them talking and connect uh, via football. Yeah, I agree. I think that there's something about it, like you alluded to, it's a bit of a national holiday. Um, Even though people around the world watch it, 
Um, there's something about everybody knows a Super Bowl party or somebody who's watching the game. You might be invited to one of those. Um, I remember several years ago, we used to have a Sunday night service, and we have canceled that because of uh, we actually actually started a Thursday night service, and that one kind of took care of that need for an evening service. Mm-hmm. But when Sunday night service was going on, we would always cancel it on, on uh, Super Bowl Sunday, uh, and we used to get a lot of grief from just a few people, not many, but the grief was loud um, because of that, thinking it's unholy and spiritual. But the, the problem is you got to fish where there's fish, and there's no fish <laughs> coming on Sunday night at Super Bowl <laughs> no, there's not. because everybody's got their Super Bowl party that they're watching, right. which I think leads us to why we're talking about this in the first place. Why should we care about the Super Bowl? Um, and I, I've got just a couple, and I, I want to hear you chime in on this. The first reason, I think it's... I think it's key for us to understand pop culture. And the reason I say that, and and part of that's my job, Uh, I had a professor that used to say every pastor should have one hand in the Bible and the other hand in a newspaper. Hmm. And his his point was that you got to know the people you're talking to and what it is they're dealing with. And commercials always speak to us about what we care about. Um, I heard one guy on a podcast say horror movies always indicate what our what we're scared about. Mm-hmm. And if you look at our current horror movies, they're always about zombies, which means we're scared about terrorists. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you look back to the baby boomers, it was always about children because <laughs> yeah. they were scared of having kids. Yeah. And so the scary ones were Damien and Rosemary's baby and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, the homie. yeah. So yeah, exactly. So for us, um, pop culture tells us what are, what people are, scared about, interested in, and allows us a way to invest in them. Did you know, Brad, used to be a one-minute commercial was $1 million for the Super Bowl. You know what it is now? What is it? For a 30-second commercial, it's $5 million. Good. Now, think about, I mean, who do you think of immediately who runs a lot of Super Bowl commercials? I don't know why I just thought about Doritos. Doritos. And I don't know why that is either, but they, they run a lot of them. So does Budweiser, which you would think that everybody knows Doritos and Budweiser. Right. So why would they spend the money on that? You're in the in the business world. Why take a gamble on a five million dollar thirty second spot or maybe multiple ones? Uh, it's the audience. You know, one of the, the number one rules when it comes to marketing uh, and business is knowing your audience. Mm-hmm. Um, like you just mentioned about fish. There's so <laughs> many fish in the pool. Yep. That if you are uh, Doritos or even Oreo Oreo cookies, I don't know if you remember this yep. campaign they had, but it wasn't even a, a deliberate or an intentional um, thing. But uh, the Super Bowl where all the lights went out, yep. I forget which one it was. Someone that was a part of the Nabisco marketing team tweeted, when the lights went out, it's a great time to have an Oreo. <laughs> and literally sales skyrocketed in that moment. They already had ads running, but on top of that, social media wise, because they were present uh, when their audience was present, huh. they they killed the game. And so for Doritos, for all the people who advertise there, they understand that that is their audience and that those individuals will be easier to convert than anybody else. They'll recoup that money. That's so good. It's interesting. You know, we watched... And this is going to sound like a rabbit trail. On our uh, trip to Missouri, we spent a lot of time with the elderly, mm. my mom and my in-laws. 
So that means we watch a lot of Hallmark television. Right. It's pretty clear when you see their commercials who their target audience Absolutely. is, older women. Yeah. So when I watch the Super Bowl, I know quickly who their target audience is, and that's people that like to eat and drink. Right. Uh, meaning not just to sustain themselves, but for pleasure as well. Mm-hmm. So what does that tell us about our society? Well, it tells me we are still a society that likes to numb ourselves with junk food and the like in order to make life a little bit easier for us. So what does that mean for you driving to work today, listening to this podcast? I think it means that the Super Bowl continues to remind us what people care about the most, which is their own personal comfort, which means if you're inviting a friend to church, the only thing that matters to them is, how's this going to disrupt my day? Uh, If you're trying to talk to somebody about a, a deal you're trying to close, they're more concerned about how will this make my life better than not. And so sometimes we can educate people to death, but what we really want is to create great experiences for them to feel better about themselves. So I think that that Super Bowl commercials tell, tell us a lot about ourselves. I think they're also great water cooler talks. You know, everybody on Monday will be saying, did you see the one about, did you watch this one, did you like that one? And a great chance to connect with people. Mm-hmm. So with that, Brad, comes two words we talk about a lot at our churches, and that is invest and invite. And, you know, Jesus told us to go into all the world and to preach the gospel, and, and we kind of assume that's always the pastor's job, but it's actually for all of us. And we have found the best way for people to introduce their friends to Jesus is just to invite them, but you really can't do that with people you're not friends with. And you build friends through talking about things that they're talking about, which oftentimes are the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Uh, what have you found with that? No, that's, I mean, I think part of the reason why we struggle in this society to um, to help people is that we don't earn the right to have certain conversations first. Uh, we don't really connect. And I think um, that Super Bowl, um, I think that anytime there's a um, an opportunity to befriend somebody, to spend time with people, to connect with people on a real level, uh, I think we should take advantage of it, you know, because right now there's so many people out there and so many things out there that don't really care about us, uh, but they want us to do something. Right. Because there's always, everybody's always looking for the hidden agenda. Yeah. Especially when it comes to Christians. Yep. You know, I feel like we come to people being real and authentic, or at least we say we are. Right. And they're looking at us like, yeah, nah, you really don't care about me. You right. just want to spike a church attendance or you want to do whatever. You have some other hidden um, motive. Yeah. And when we get a chance to meet people on a real level, um, then we can overcome that objection. Right. They go, okay, you know what? You really are cool or you really do care. Um, you have to build trust with people in order to be able to have what um, I call healthy conflict, mm, real talk. Good. Yep. You know, and I think that sometimes we miss the opportunity to be build real trust mm-hmm. with people um, because we just invite people who we're comfortable uh, around. Yeah. That's on, good. On these, on these uh, Super Bowl gatherings and things like that. Yeah. I've been thinking a lot about. Um, even with my own kids, they listen to music I don't necessarily like. Mm. It's not bad. It's just not my style. But I listen to it with them so I can talk to them about it. Right. You know, yeah. I, I mean, Taylor Swift's fine, but it's not always on my rotation. I was going to ask what those songs were. <laughs> well, quite curious. I mean, Taylor Swift, is that- yeah, I happen to you know be a, a closet T Swizzle fan, <laughs> but 
Um, I do know more more uh, songs than I care to admit, but a lot of it is just you know listening with them in mind. Like you know, New Year's Eve, we watched the New Year's Rock and Ball just so we could not only see the ball drop, but so we could look at the local bands or the most current bands and talk about them. What are they saying in this song? Why do you like this song? Right. You know, just so I can be. What do you think about Post Malone? There again, not a fan. I don't get it, but uh, oh well, yeah, no. pop culture. Yeah. Uh, last thing I would say is Super Bowl is a great a chance a great chance to invite a friend over. Yeah. Um, invite your neighbors over. They may not come over to your holiday party or whatever, but everybody wants to watch the game somewhere. So so try to do that. And I know some of my most memorable Super Bowls were with other people, um, and just the, the friendship there. One of my most memorable happened at church. Growing up in Kansas, we had a a church that every Sunday night we had service, and it was a different service than Sunday morning. Can you imagine those days? That poor pastor that had to write two messages. But anyway, uh, Sunday night church, and it was always Super Bowl was on, so we'd do a shortened service, and we'd go to the gym for a, uh, a salad supper, if you remember a those. Salad supper. salad supper, which people always brought more than salad, usually KFC and desserts and that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. But they had a big TV in there playing the Super Bowl, and I remember watching – Joe Montana throw a pass to John Taylor and beat the Cincinnati Bengals in the last few seconds and and just how the place erupted. And it was just fun being together um, that you can get that experience with the people down the street. Even if you don't care about the game, it's all right. So I know for some of you, you think, hey, this is a worthless podcast. But my hope, (laughs) my hope is not that you watch football or you care about the game, but you care about your neighbors and what they care about and build a bridge with them. So, well, February is Black History Month. So, uh, Brad, I know that we are on a podcast. This is not YouTube. So do you want to explain to everybody the elephant in the room that they may not be able to see, and that is about your complexion? Yeah, yeah. So um, during the podcast, the next podcast, we're going to be talking about uh, racism. I am an African-American male. If you guys have not met me or don't know who I am, um, I am, and I've been one for many decades. About to be fifty years old, so okay. we're going to get a chance to. You're to, well versed. Yeah, thank you, thank you. <laughs> so I've been around. I'm seasoned. Yes, yes, I am definitely seasoned. Uh, so we're going to get a chance to talk about. Um, uh, I'm not a racist, or am I? And so I'm looking forward to having this conversation with my good friend Rusty, uh, who is not African American. In case you don't know, I haven't met him. Uh, and uh, I'm hoping you guys can get some insight from this conversation that'll help you just connect with everyone around you, not just based on what they look like, but based on what they're like on the inside. Well, that sounds great, Brad. Look forward to that conversation. And as always, uh, share this with a friend, your football fan, and uh, enjoy the game. We'll talk to you next week. <laughs>